0: bonus episode hey rebel parents shannon martin stuck around and did a full extra episode with us and we cover so many great topics if you enjoyed the first half you're gonna love the second half so let's just jump in not waste any time here is a bonus episode with shannon martin let's talk about the kids um you know you talk about you've experienced more sadness in this time as well how do you do that with children? How do you talk to kids? I mean, I have a question written down. How do you talk to kids about quote unquote, bad parents? You know, the parent that struggles yeah. with alcoholism. Um, there was a parent in my neighborhood when I grew up, that was a, an alcoholic and it, it, the pendulum swung from throwing plates, screaming fights to singing at the top of his lungs because he was right. so happy and drunk. And it was as a child, there were scary things about both of it. How do you talk to your kids about those types of things and, and still letting them know that, hey, everybody's got their own stuff and, oh, yeah. you know.
1: Well, sure, yeah. My husband, Corey, has transitioned, you know, in the past few years. He's now the full-time chaplain of our county jail. Mm. Um, and so because of that and because mm. of the fact that we adopted our fourth child while he was, you know, serving time for a felony conviction, um, we have all of these intersections with ourselves. I'm sorry. And- <laughs>
0: There was more information in that sentence than I was prepared for. You adopted (laughs) a child while they were serving.
1: Yes. Yeah. All right. Unpack that one for me. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So yeah. Okay. While my after Corey lost his job in politics, he worked for a time at an alternative high school Mm -hmm. as an administrator, and that's this is when we were still living on the farm. We got to know a couple of students. One is the girl that came and lived with us that I that I talked about. And then we also got to know a young man named Robert. And, you know, we started inviting him over for dinner and all those kinds of things. And he went dark for a while, for about a year. We just couldn't find him anywhere. We had no idea if he was alive. You know, we're trying Mm. to track him down. Here he surfaced long enough to tell us that he had gotten a girl pregnant and was about to be the father of twin boys. And his boys were born. I took him to the hospital to meet them because he didn't drive. And then two months later, he was arrested and went to jail and Ooh. ended up going to prison. Um, and during that time, you know, we, we had already had a relationship with him. But during that time, he officially became ours, and we officially became a family. And when he was released from prison, he moved into his room and our house in the basement with his ankle monitor on. And that oh was God. like, you know, a whole new chapter in our family.
0: And how has that unfolded? I mean, he's Uh, Got an ankle monitor and twins and
1: a baby mama
0: Um, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was
1: chaotic. I mean, Mm. so that's while we were living in the city. That was about a year after we moved into this much smaller home. So, you know, you have this moment of, well, this is pretty ironic that now that we've downsized our home by about half, we have this 19 year old man moving in with us. Mm -hmm. He has twin one year olds with him every weekend. Um, wow. we were fostering a baby at that time. I mean, it was like, there was just no, there was nowhere to go. That was, it was in the dead of winter Yeah, when it was just, you know, we're cooped up and we're all losing our minds. Um, but that's just the way God works. I mean, that's where we've had to learn to just roll with the punches and take life as it comes. And honestly, sometimes really die to ourselves and die yeah. to what we want yeah.
2: and surrender our will and you know just just jump in well what would Uh, you say to someone who's thinking like yeah i want to surrender to god i want to live this life what would you say to someone but yeah but uh, i don't know if i want to do what the martins are doing right what would you say to someone who's listening out there like hey yeah i want to get closer to god i want to surrender my life to him well the good news is i don't think god is
1: telling anybody do what shannon and corey martin did you know so that's the good news um (laughs) The other good news is that I truly believe that when God calls us to do something crazy, and I really think he does call all of us to do something crazy, I think we should all be living a bit crazier than what we're living. Mm. You know, we're so afraid to lose control and to not be in control um, that I think many of us are missing out. So whatever that crazy thing is, though, it's just I believe that he— simplifies things enough for us to get on board. So I don't know that I don't want to say he makes it easy because many times for us, it didn't feel easy, but there was always this sense of, but what if, you know, what if we do this crazy thing and it's the best thing ever? What if we are missing out on our, you know, living life in a pretty sweet and simple, you know, we were not unhappy, um, terribly, Um, bitter people by any means we were living a great beautiful life we were life was easy and it was simple and
2: and we liked it you just knew there was was something more
1: yes there was a sense that we were missing out on kind of the burn of the gospel you Mm. know we read stories about jesus and he was always doing crazy things his disciples were doing really weird things they were never following the script um there was a lot of of passion happening and a lot of just you know, chaos.
2: Turning the the world upside
1: down. Yes. They Mm -hmm. were flipping everything over. And, you know, kind of that, that gusto that we see through the stitch throughout the the word of God was something that we just had the sense of like, that seems we're intrigued, you know, like, what if, what if there's more? Mm -hmm. And, and ultimately, like I said, God's more for us looked like less. And that's where we, you know, we, we stripped things away. We allowed to him to strip things away, we surrendered, and we surrendered, and we laid stuff down and the smaller we got, the bigger he became in our lives mm, yeah that 's a
2: perfect distinction
0: that's a a great one shannon let 's talk about relationships a little bit. Um, there are people that have God in a box, and they can 't possibly believe with the core of their being that God would ever have a parent, move to the inner city have a felon move into their basement. Who's got twins that the Lord would never call you to do that. And yeah, we all have those types of people in our lives. And I'm wondering, this is a really hard thing for Christians is to lose friends. Yeah. And yet over time, <laughs> my experience of God is different than some people. And at some point I have to go, it's not just that we agree to disagree. But I guess we're just going to move on and you'll live your life and I'll live mine. And we have to do that. How is, I mean, we have so much baggage as Christians that we bring into, well, you can't dump a friend. You can't say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. That's unchristian. And yet you can't have that kind of an input in your life all the time saying, nope, what you're doing isn't of God. What you're doing isn't, the Lord's not speaking to you. He's speaking to me and I'm telling you what he's saying. You know, that kind of thing. How do you handle relationships that don't agree with you?
1: That is an excellent question, and honestly, that's a question that could make me cry, like mm. weep right now. Uh. <laughs> we, I'm gonna try to hold it together. You don't um, have to. <laughs> we lost, we lost, relationships.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: and and there were relationships that have changed beyond repair. It mm. seems, you know, yeah. unless God intervenes, um, you know, it, that was one of the hardest things for us, quite honestly, and it still. You know, a lot yeah. of a lot of people um, did try to come around this with kind of like a, well, you're you're a little crazy, and we would never do what you're doing, but we love you anyway. That was kind of the best we could hope for. Wow, is what it what it felt like. Um, we didn't have, you know, we changed churches. We don't have, you know, people Christians talk about doing life with other believers, and 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 that's something that we are just now kind of cobbling together. So yeah. we're finding our people slowly, but it has been. A very lonely road, and it's really just been a matter of um, kind of letting these things take their course and understanding that really God i I really believe and this is an unpopular thing to say but I think God likes us a little lonely yeah. yes. you know we felt pretty lonely in many ways over the past few years but but that loneliness just drives us to him it has brought our family closer together it has forced us to redefine the way we define
2: family. Mm -hmm. Well, define it it for me. I would really love to know how you define it.
1: You know, I I like to talk about drawing a wider circle, and I'm borrowing that phrase from Mother Teresa. Um, But she (laughs) says the problem with the world is we draw the circle around our family too small. Mm. And I love that. I love the idea of just stretching that circle as wide as it can go until you think it's going to snap, and fitting all kinds of unexpected people into that group. So, you know, because our children were adopted, we already had the knowledge that family is defined way past DNA. Yeah. But but we didn't really know initially that family could also mean adopting adults. And family could also mean sort of adopting um, even older adults, like grandparent-aged adults who have no family around, Mm. who have now become part of our family. Um, You know, just allowing ourselves to become so... um, just so in love with our with our friends who are addicted to drugs and who are fighting poverty and who break our hearts all the time and who show us love in ways that we've never experienced before but to allow them into our home Mm. and into our family has just been life-giving and I think that's that's where God is saying listen guys you know Um, The way the way Corey and I see the world now is very, very different from most of our friends from the community that we moved from. Yeah. And and so this has been a hard season for us, quite honestly. There's just been so much going on. And our view of the world has been shaped by our neighbors who are a very diverse group of people. Um, And so we, we have felt alone in many of those ways. But God is is always showing us that he has people for us. Um, we might be a little lonely sometimes, and that's not a, a terrible thing, but he keeps bringing people into our life to kind of fill mm-hmm. those gaps. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that kind of what you describe in the book as living life open-handed?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the only way to live. That's the only way I know how to live now is to just hold everything pretty loosely. Yeah. You know, and God can God can drop things into our hands, and he can pluck them out of our hands. And, you know, those can both be hard in different ways. But if, I mean, it's, it's not easy it, it, and I don't want to pretend that I have arrived and now I'm the poster child for living open-handed. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still have a strong tendency to hold on to certain things and yeah. to resist certain things. And, but I just, he just doesn't fail us. He does yeah. not let us down and getting to be, you know, Where he spent time, this is where Jesus spent time when he was on earth. So, you know, like you said, many of the Christians don't get it, and they see it as risky, and they see it as irresponsible, all of these things. But I'm sorry, that's the way Jesus lived his life. Mm -hmm. And if you study the Gospels, that's what he has called us to, to really, to abandon these ideas that the world has come up with about what matters, and to just follow him into really hard places. Mm. And when, when we do that, we just find more of him
2: there. Hmm. That's awesome.
1: Um, Shannon,
0: talk about, I'm, this subject keeps coming up, so I don't really know how to answer or even ask this question, but Laura and I saw the movie Inside Out with Lincoln, and it deals with grief and sadness. And I think especially in Christendom, in the church that we live in, there's this anti-sadness underlying theme where you can't be sad because then you're a bad witness. And if you're a bad witness, then people won't know the Lord and you got to be happy all the time. And you've talked about really, you know, being lonely and being sad and Silas was being (laughs) sad. Talk about dealing with grief and kids. You know, you've got people in your lives that break your heart and you're sad. I was with my son and I was coaching a guy whose marriage is in trouble and I was just dying on the inside and, it hurt so much, I was I, my hands were shaking, and Lincoln said, Daddy, are you okay? And I said, Son, I'm so sad. Yeah. I just don't know what to do. You know, it's interesting. You're talking to kids about grief and about sadness and about heartbreak at an early age, and I think in generations past, we would have never put that kind of stuff on our kids, but now it's almost like we have to. How do you yeah. talk to younger kids about sadness and about grief?
1: You know, we are a very open book here in the Martin household mm. and and we've we've had to get more and more and more open. But but honestly having kids who are adopted, that introduces an element of grief that you cannot ignore. Mm. And I know there are people who try to ignore it and I don't think that does anybody any favors. So we have really invited those conversations of grief. We've tried to make our home for our kids and for other people a really welcome place to express grief and sadness, that that is never off limits. And we never shut that down. Um, I, you know, living in this neighborhood and living life in the way that we do has given us many, many opportunities to dive even, even deeper into those conversations. And, you know, it's just, a it's, it, it, we run the risk of, Kind of thinking some of this is normal now because we've been at it for a while, but I remember having distinct moments where Corey and I kind of look at each other and realize, like, oh, our kids, you know, our kids right now, our little kids are 11, 9, and, or I'm sorry, 11, 10, and 8. They're pretty small still. Mm-hmm. And you have this moment where you realize, like, oh, our kids kind of think everybody eventually goes to jail. You yeah. know, we're always talking about so-and-so went to jail, so-and-so got out, so-and-so got locked up again. And a lot of times it's people they know and love. Yeah. And so we've had to have conversations like, okay, guys, you know, not everybody goes to jail, just so you know. Like, this isn't just a, a super normal thing. Mm. We've never been to jail. You know, we have these these conversations that are almost comical but it's this stuff, this really weird stuff has become so normal for our young kids. Yeah. And it's it's a double-edged sword. I mean, on the one hand, I think this is just the world we live in. Yeah. And I I want our kids to kind of be exposed to some of these hard parts of the world through us, you yeah. know, and through, through God's leading. They don't need to know and see everything by any means, but. You know, there are things that they that they can handle. And, you know, Corey and I came into this knowing when God called us into this neighborhood and into this life and this journey, it's not just like our little kids were along for the ride, right. you know, and maybe right. at their own peril, as many people felt. God called them just as much as he called us. He called all of us. And our kids have a unique and amazing opportunity to just live their lives um, in a really diverse and troubled, in many ways, Um, environment, but they get to kind of reflect God's glory onto the faces around them. And they get to see God's glory being reflected on on the faces around them and on their surroundings. And they're just getting such a beautiful glimpse of the actual world that I did not have growing up. You know, I thought the world was just good people and bad people. (laughs) And the Christians were the good Mm. people. And people who smoked and drank and had tattoos, those were the bad people. You know, I'm so grateful that our kids get to see such a richer and truer you know picture of the kingdom of God where we have people you know getting up during church and walking out to smoke a cigarette um, because they're in recovery and that's just how they're handling life right now and mm-hmm. then they come back in they have a seat in the pew and they're covered in tattoos and they're you know I mean we see it all and I I think it's it's okay to monitor, you know, what your kids are exposed to and that's important, but I think we we do our kids a disservice when we shelter them from everything.
2: Yeah, do you do you have an opinion about like the church? Do you think all those things you just described, tattoos and people in recovery, yeah. do you think that's in just in the normal mainstream church also and just not spoken about or not seen or I, you hidden? know, I think we're
1: we are honored to spend our lives with people who wear their pain and their sins, maybe in more visible ways. Yeah. So I think that pain and, you know, that, that sadness and that sin, I think it's everywhere. It's, it's in me, it's in you, it's in the church for sure. But I think the, the church as a whole, I have very big feelings about church. Yeah. And I, I, love um, those I themes. Think Yes, I think we try to sanitize everything. We try to be so cool. You know, we say that we welcome everybody. And, and most churches know to say that they would welcome the drug addicted and the people living in poverty and, you know, some of that messy stuff. They would yeah. say that they welcome that. But they present this polished, cool facade that doesn't really welcome that. You
2: know, you can Yeah, can't, there's no space for it.
1: There's no space for it. And, mm. you know, so we, we live near a facility that's – kind of a halfway transitional place for people that are incarcerated. So they're basically in jail, but they can leave for work and for church. And so we, you know, a lot of these connections through Corey and his friends pop into our little church and, you know, it has changed everything about the way I see church. So now, I mean, we, we purposely kind of dress down. We just, we bring our most authentic selves
2: to church. And
1: because that's the only way that is the only way to make space for people who have lived hard lives and who have not grown up in the church, who do not know all of our codes and all of our procedures and all of our cool worship songs, you know, it's, it's got to be, make everything as humble as you can and then make it a little more humble. And that's my belief. That's awesome. Love it. we, We have a terrible sound system. We have a wonky, everything about our church is just from the outside looking in. Like this is kind of a disaster, but I'm telling you, People whose lives feel like a disaster really um, understand that they are welcome there, and that's all that matters. They can connect.
0: And the truth is, if we were honest, all of our lives are messy and wonky and messed up. Totally. Um, Unless you've got more you want to add, and if you do, I would love to hear every bit of it, but you've got (laughs) um, a quote in your book that we especially liked, and it's about hospitality. And I'm going to read it, and then you can unpack it if you want to. Um, Okay hospitality is the gospel hidden deeply in our souls and in the corners of our homes it's the unwavering belief that when i add your mess to my own the place has never looked better just open the door and be present that's what you're talking about i'm going to add your mess to my mess and then it's going to be great because that's what we're trying to do at rebel parenting i'm not sure how to do it yet i wrote down messy radio Because that's what we want. We want that breath of fresh air. We want that hospitality of you can bring your mess and I'm going to add my mess and together it's going to be better. Talk about yeah. that in your home.
1: You know, that's kind of become our mantra. There there have been times and we still lapse into thinking like, well, we're here now and, you know, we better go out and drum up some business for God. You know, we have these yeah. old um, things running through our minds, but I, God shows us over and over and over again that our job as a neighbor is to to live here and to share space and to love the place we're in with our neighbors and to keep our door ajar, so that door is always you know open. It's always open, and and we I pray every day that I will continue to have the guts and mm. um, the the humility to answer that door because there. It, you know, God just keeps sending people our way. So we want to create space in our home for anybody um, to come in and so, for anybody to share a place at our table.
2: So through that, have you had many, I don't know how to say it, but wounds or things, attacks put on you like as a family? Like I, I'm just imagining this an environment, you're being yeah. open and surrendered and you're inviting things into your life that you know, right. Could have no, huge ripple No, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, we haven't had a lot of,
1: um, like, we haven't had crimes committed against us. Okay. Um, other, you know, just petty stuff, but not necessarily no through. fights, no
2: huge fights in the no, living room. And
1: we've had a lot of drama. You know, we've had. I remember just if, just a month or so ago, my husband and I stayed up way too late. We're not <laughs> adults in that way, and and he was out here watching TV, and I was in starting to kind of brush my teeth and stuff. And I heard someone yell the F word, and this is at like midnight, and I thought, what is he watching on TV, and why is it so loud, like our kids are sleeping, and I walked out, and there was a, a man that we know in our living room, completely drunk, mm. high on drugs, you know, mm. just cursing up a storm, and so that kind of drama is somewhat, um, commonplace. Wow. And it was just a situation where Corey was like, as soon as I came around the corner, Corey was like, you know, shushing him, like the kids are asleep. Like what's going on. Yeah. And you know, he gave this guy a ride. And so our life has become kind of the ministry of doing really mundane things for the kingdom. So we're giving a lot of rides Mm. and, um, you know, we have, we've, we've helped people financially with certain things that have come up. We've been burned, you know, we've been kind of taken advantage of and we've been lied to and lied to and lied to, to the point that we're now, we have to fight against being kind of skeptical of everything. Sure. Um, Sure. You know, it's just these, these normal, these normal occurrences that honestly, you know, when we're lied to and when we're kind of, um, they pull a fast one on us, it gives us the opportunity to show really foolish grace in return. Mm. And, and, and that doesn't always mean what you think it means. I mean, I think there are, there are many times that, that we've learned to discern, you know, when to say yes and when to say no. But there are times that we get to say, listen, you did this and we still love you. And this is how, this is how we're, we're, we're going to show you that. I mean, with our oldest son, Robert, the early year or so of him and our family was a constant fight to prove to him that we were his parents and Mm. his family forever no matter what that's amazing you know you get to that place of kind of that no matter Mm (laughs) whatness and it changes everything
0: i'll tell you what I, i i'm hearing parents like me in the background going "Ooh, i don't know if i could do that with my kids I don't know if I could do that with my kids. I don't know if I can have drunk guys yelling the F word my house at two in the morning. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna do. Here's what I, I think though. I cannot imagine your children's capacity to love all people in all situations. That their ability to love people in their darkest hour, in their most shameful experience, in their most embarrassing moment, your kids throughout the rest of their lives have an uncanny ability to love and give grace. And I can't imagine the ripple impact your kids are going to have on everyone around them.
1: I mean, that's the hope, you know, our kids, have they heard words (laughs) and, and seen things that perhaps seem unideal? Absolutely. But you know what? I can handle that. I can handle having those weird conversations with my kids Hmm. about words and behaviors. And that's okay. Um, you know, there are certain there are certain people that for various reasons we would not bring around our kids. It yeah. doesn't mean that we would not spend time around them, but not, you know, it's not like yeah, you're every having wisdom. Person. Yeah. That's right. That's right. My husband works with all kinds of people and and he loves them and they're his friends. But they there are some people that would not be around our kids. Um, but for the for the vast majority, you know, and you're right. Our hope would be that our kids kind of get to embrace a life of love that took us, you know, 3 decades to kind of dip our toe into. But but I also know that you know what this is this is the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm kind of eager to see how this plays out as my kids grow up and get older because I I hesitate for any Christian to to think that they have kind of the formula on <laughs> raising a perfect kid I sure don't have
2: it you know so oh, we we are- do we have it yeah didn't you <laughs> just know ask us I'm
0: Ryan Dobson of course I do we
2: have it <laughs> see that's the thing and I
1: hear a lot of a lot of talk just you know in Christian circles of well you know we've raised our kids to serve the Lord and that's how we know we're a good parent well I don't know that that's you know, that, that pat on the back might be a little misplaced. I mean, we're all doing our best here Yeah. and Corey and I are raising our kids in the way we feel the Lord leading us to do that. But, but ultimately this is the work of the Holy spirit in the lives of my kids as they grow. Yeah. And so I'm not going to claim to know how, how this ends, but I know that I hope my kids see the whole world through a lens of love and that they try to see everybody around them the way the way God sees them, and it's you know a, a child of God created by God with a purpose. I hope that they
2: begin to see that much earlier than I ever did. Mm.
0: Uh.
2: Shannon, we just thank you so much for being here and just being such a breath of fresh air. And really, just we here at Rebel Parenting want to put God first. I mean, that's our yeah. thing. Like, how can we put God first in our life? And it might look messy, and it might look dirty, and you have just been a city of refuge for people. For thank for you so much. You guys are- and, So we just are so thankful to have you here and share your story. And we think your story just needs to be shared everywhere.
1: It's been so fun. You guys
2: are so fun to talk to. I really, (laughs) I've
1: enjoyed it. Awesome. We
0: have too. Thank you so much. I can't wait to talk to you again. It's awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Shannon. We'll talk to you again.
1: Okay.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Man, I wish every episode could be that good. And I got to say, most of them are. Again, if anything we say on the program strikes a chord or if you know someone that needs a counselor or you need someone else to talk to about the things going on in your life, we would love to be there for you. Go to our website. Look on the right-hand side. You can find a counselor in your area. We highly recommend it. For more information on Shannon Martin, her book, Falling Free, you can find the link at rebelparenting.org. If you're listening to this, you've subscribed to the podcast. So thank you. Thanks for subscribing. We really do appreciate it. If we could ask a favor and you could give us a great review on iTunes, that helps us out a great deal. And again, we'll see you next week. We're going to do more midweek podcasts. We love what we're doing and we appreciate you. So again, we'll see you soon. God bless.